In May, rent grew by 2.3%, which was the new record. So over a three-month span, you've got 1.4%, 2%, 2.3% for a total of 5.7% of rent growth in a three-month span. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode. And for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndications. As always, I am your host, Theo Hicks. Today, we are going to be talking about Apartment List's most recent national rent data report that they released. And for the third month in a row, we have experienced record-breaking rent growth. So last month, I did an episode talking about the report from April. And in April, rent grew by 2% on average across the U.S. And at the time, that was the all-time record. And by all-time, I mean since Apartment List began creating these reports back in 2017. Prior to that, the record was 1.4% month-over-month rent growth, and that was in March of 2021. In May, rent grew by 2.3%, which was the new record. So, Over a three-month span, you've got 1.4%, 2%, 2.3% for a total of 5.7% of rent growth in a three-month span. So the first graph that they have in the apartment list report is is that pandemic pricing is officially over or that the impacts on rents from the pandemic are officially over. So I wanted to go over some of my takeaways from this report. So this will be a little bit shorter episode, but I think this is very powerful information for multifamily and being syndication school, something we should probably talk about. So number one, and this is probably the most interesting groundbreaking fact, is that the current rents as determined by apartment list now exceed the pre-pandemic projections. So apartment list made projections. I believe they made a projection in 2019 about the rent growth for 2020 each month and then for 2021 each month. They kind of just calculated based off of the rent trends in 2018 and 2019, the actual rent trends, 
what do we project is going to happen in 2020 and 2021. So basically, it was a curve that gradually increased up until the summer months and then decreased, but didn't decrease to what it was in the beginning of the year. So in January, it started off, for example, in 2018, this is the national median rent. Started off around 1075, and then in January it went up to about 1125 by August, and then dropped down to about 1100 by the end of the year. So the year ended higher than the year began, but the peak was always in the summer months. And the same thing happened in 2019, where it increased from that 1100 up to 1150 by the summer months, and then dropped down to about 1125. By the end of 2019. So the assumption was that it would keep doing that trend of increasing and then decreasing slightly, increasing and then decreasing slightly for 2020 and 2021. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. One of the hardest tasks to balance while scaling your real estate investing business is accounting. Well, realestateaccounting.co takes care of the numbers for you so you can grow your business and revenue. REA helps property managers and investors save time and money by automating back office, financial, admin, and accounting. Starting is quick and seamless, from accounts payable to reconciliations, taxes, and reporting. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever to find out how REA clients save on average 30% by leveraging their accounting services versus hiring in-house. With CPAs on staff and being owner-operators themselves, REA knows the challenges of your growing real estate business. Try it risk-free at realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. And remember to mention the Best Ever Podcast sent you to receive up to $1,800 towards onboarding and services. That's realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. Now, of course, in 2020, that didn't happen. It began originally to increase, but then once the pandemic hit in March of 2021, it dropped. It dipped when it was supposed to increase in the summer. And then I think it completed its dip around June and then had a slight bump for seasonality reasons because in the summer, as I mentioned, is when rents reach its peak. And then after the summer months, as usual, it declined. And the rents at the end of 2020 were lower than the rents at the beginning of 2020 for the first time in those two years. Now, in 2021, because of these record-breaking rent increases that I mentioned, 1.4% in April, 1.4% in March, 2% in April, now with this 2.3% in May, the current actual May rent is higher than the May 2021 projections that were made in 2019 based off of that increase-decrease 
trend. So if you look at the graph, it's basically just a line that goes straight up starting in January of 2021. Again, which is usual, right? Because rents will gradually increase, at least from 2018, 2019. They gradually increase from January until about August. But the rate at which these rents have increased has far exceeded the previous years, such that the rents are now exceeding those pre-pandemic levels. So we'll see what the future holds and how this trend compares to the projections. But as of now, just looking at the graph, we're going to end 2021 with rents that were higher than the pre-pandemic projections, which I thought was super interesting. And I wanted to highlight that fact. So that's the biggest, newest piece of data that came from this report. The rest of the report is kind of a continuation of the same. And so point number two is that rents are continuing to recover in the really hard hit COVID markets. So as we've talked about a lot of times on this episode, these big cities were impacted the most by the pandemic. And while they haven't returned to their pre-pandemic rents yet, they're still down overall since the onset of the pandemic in March of 2020. They've recovered significantly. And some of them are still down double digits, but compared to what they were before, Huge improvements over the past couple of months, with the biggest example being San Francisco. So San Francisco, their rents dropped 27% from March 2020 through January 21. But since March 2021 through May, their rents increased by 13.4%. So they're still down 17% overall, but massive increases in their rents. And again, if this trend continues then they should hopefully reach their pre-pandemic rent levels at some point in the near future. So the corner has been turned at the beginning of this year. A couple other examples. So for San Francisco, just focusing on May, San Francisco rents increased by 3.8%. In Boston, they increased by 4.4%, but Boston is still down 6%. And for all the ones that say they're down, this is since March of 2020, because I don't want to keep saying since March of 2020 over and over again. So in May, they were up 4.4%, but down 6% since March 2020. For Seattle, it's up 3.7%, but they're still down 11% since the onset of the coronavirus. New York is 4.4% versus 12% down. And then Washington, D.C. up 1.6% in May, as opposed to down 9% since March. So again, you can kind of take a look. They have a really nice graph at apartmentlist.com where they have a bar graph where they show the monthly rent change for these major markets. It's basically kind of small up and down fluctuations based off of seasonality. And then March 2021 hits and it's all just really big decreases. And then starting in the past three or four months, we've got really big increases that reflect the same magnitude of the decreases. And then on the flip side, you've got the markets that have been doing really well during the pandemic are still continuing to experience increases in rents. So these are your mid-sized affordable markets. So just quickly rattling off the top 10 markets with the most growth since March 2021 is Boise, Idaho, 31%, Spokane, Washington, 22%, Fresno, California, 17%, Mesa, Arizona, 16%, Virginia Beach, 16%, Reno, Nevada, 15%, Glendale, Arizona, and Gilbert, Arizona at 15%, and then Henderson, Nevada, and Chandler, Arizona, at 14%. So all Sunbelt states, except for the exception of Idaho and Washington, are in that top 10 list and are showing no signs of slowing down. 
the all experienced, for example, the rent growth in May, for example, Boise, Idaho grew by another 6.6% in March. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. One thing to keep in mind about these markets, though, is that it's not like they were performing poorly or average before the pandemic, and then the pandemic hit, and then they just exploded. They were already performing well prior to the pandemic. The pandemic just accelerated that trend. So let's take Mesa, Arizona, for example. Between 2017 and 2020, rents grew there by 25.5%. So that's four years over approximately 6.25% rent growth every year for the past four years prior to the pandemic. And then the big approximately 16-ish percent growth in 2020. And that was the fastest rent growth in the nation over that period of time. Eight of the 10 cities that I mentioned with these large rent increases during the pandemic were in the top 20 for rent growth between 2017 and 2020. So this is really anything new, just a massive acceleration of rent growth. 31% in a year is way higher than the 25.5% over a four-year period. So that is just a staggering increase in, in rents. And then the last point I wanted to make, point number four, that's something I mentioned in last month's apartment list breakdown, and it's a trend that's continued, is this convergence of the rents in affordable markets, pre-pandemic affordable markets, and pre-pandemic expensive markets. So the markets that were really, really expensive before the pandemic, way above their national average, they're the ones that essentially all experienced those massive decreases in rents. Whereas the markets that were more affordable, right below that national rent average, those are the ones that experienced the increases in rents. So there's been a convergence of those. There isn't this drastic contrast between expensive markets and affordable markets anymore. The pandemic has had a evening out effect. So those rents are converging. This is another interesting fact that across the board, everything is in a sense becoming more affordable. So those are the top four takeaways. Again, I highly recommend just bookmarking this apartment list. Dot com national rental data reports that they do. They release them towards the end of every month. So this one was released May 26th, and they'll probably release another one for June in the next couple of weeks. So again, I recommend bookmarking that or just bookmarking syndication school because we'll be talking about this every month from here on out. So that will conclude this episode for today. Again, a little shorter, but again, I think very powerful information, especially the fact that rents are now exceeding the pre-pandemic projections. So a complete return. All the losses on average have been wiped out across the board, which is great news for real estate. So make sure you check out some of our other Syndication School episodes, as well as all the free documents we give away at syndicationschool.com. Thank you for tuning in. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.